T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into Burns Royals Bonanza. Here's Taylor's pitch. And Dozier swings and hits one deep to left field. It goes and gone. From the belt, delivers. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. A look back at the 2021 season, a look at the plans this offseason, and a look at the expectations heading into 2022. Lifted deep to left center field, way back there, and that ball is gone. Here's Royals insider Josh Bernier. All right. Good evening. Welcome in. Coming up over the next three hours, Royals owner, chairman, and CEO John Sherman, two-time All-Star second baseman Whit Merrifield, team president Dayton Moore, also the first shortstop in franchise history to hit 300 in a season. Nikki Lopez is coming up in 30 minutes. I'll also talk with Royals broadcaster Ryan Lefevre and here we go, guys. Off-season is here. It's a big off-season for your boys in blue, for uh, not just the team and the organization, but individually for those young pitchers. Uh, preparation for spring training and that shortstop competition. The big swinging prospects like Nick Prado and MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt Jr., not to mention the questions hovering above Players like Hunter Dozier and Adalberto Mondesi. We'll get to all of it. But we start tonight with the general manager of your Kansas City Royals, his first offseason in that role, J.J. Piccolo. We appreciate hearing from you as always. So let me start with this. What are the keys to making this a quality offseason? Well, first, I think we're in a really good spot with our starting pitching as far as depth is concerned. We'll have nine guys returning who have made starts in the major leagues, which is a really good thing for the organization overall and to get through the length of the season. So we feel good about the starting pitching. We still have guys that need to settle into their roles and you know go through that normal transition maturation process that a that a major league pitcher goes through. But um, from a purely adept and youth standpoint, we're, we're really in a good spot. I think what we need to focus on is uh, trying to beef up our bullpen and, and make that bullpen as, as good as it can possibly be. Uh, we've watched this through the playoffs this year, how difficult it is for starters to get into the seventh inning, eighth inning. Uh, that's certainly the goal, but the deeper your bullpen is, uh, the more likely you are to, to secure wins when games are winnable. And that's a, a focus of our off-season discussions with our professional scouts, our R&D department, you know, who are those targets, 
who fit us from an evaluation standpoint, from an R&D standpoint, and from an economic standpoint. You know, that's something that uh, we always have to have an eye on. So that's a, a big focus for us. And I, I think more than, than anything when it comes to pitching, we just have to be really, really focused on how we get the pitchers that we currently have better. How do we get them to the next level so they can be really, really productive pitchers for us and lead us into winning seasons and playoff years. What excites you about the young pitching heading into next season? And where do you think the young pitching needs help heading into 22? I think every guy has a little bit of a different story. You know, the, the, the one thing we know is they're incredibly gifted and talented. Uh, they have the stuff, if you will, to pitch in the major leagues. Uh, but every one of them has something to, that they need to improve on. If you want to go individually, you know, you look like you look at a, a Brady Singer, uh, you know, trying to come up with a, a third pitch that will be effective for him. So his slider does play better. Uh, we do like his fastball command. He commands the, the down and away pitch extremely well, but learning how to use that fastball to both sides of the plate. Uh, but when he, has that third pitch, and there's been some nights where his changeup's been pretty good. Uh, he's very effective, you know. And then, then he has nights where he doesn't need his third pitch, and he's very good. So, uh, but to be a, a quality starting pitcher, that's been a, a point of focus for us, and that that message has been relayed to Brady. I think a guy like Chris Bubich, it's really just when he commands his fastball and his breaking ball is on. His changeup is always there, so it's just consistency with Chris. Uh, you look at a guy like Daniel Lynch, I think he's still very much in that phase of uh, experience. He needs to just continue to get out there and pitch. He's got really four quality pitches. He, he uses the slider more than he does the curveball, but he does have a curveball. But he's got a really good changeup, so, and, and he pitches to the inside part of the plate. Uh, really well, and he has a lot of confidence in his fastball to go the inside part of the plate, which sets up most of his off-speed pitches, which are going to be away from the, the right-handed hitter. A guy like Jackson Coar, it really comes down to if he commands his fastball. He's got a good enough breaking ball. He's got an outstanding changeup uh, when he commands his fastball consistently uh, and can throw a fastball in any count and locate it. He's going to be extremely effective. So. Um, you know, Carlos Hernandez, you know, right now, I don't want to say he doesn't have anything to work on, but needs to just continue on the path that he's been on because he was really, really impressive as we closed out the season. Look at some of the, the younger guys. We got a quick look at Jonathan Heasley. You know, the thing that he does so well is he does command all three of his pitches, fastball, curveball, changeup. Interestingly enough, he, he did throw a slider one time or, or really throughout his career. But about halfway through this past summer, we decided let's just go curveball, and his his performance really you know took a step in the right direction. Uh, I think eventually you know he'll break out that slider again, but right now he commands his curveball so well, and he's got a changeup, he's got a lot of confidence in, and he commands his fastball. That uh, that's why we saw a very effective starting pitcher for the couple starts he got and. The quick look at Angel Zerpa, I mean, he's always been able to do this, and it's rare for a left-handed pitcher to be able to pitch in on a right-handed hitter uh, with with real consistent effect. He did that extremely well, uh, but he's so young into his career. You know, I don't really know what to say, what he needs to improve on just yet. <laughs> yeah. But But he got the experience. 
then he just, you know, Mike Miner's a seasoned veteran, uh, knows how to pitch. He pitches up in the zone well, but the reason he's able to elevate is because he can locate down. And when you're able to locate down and then go up, that, you know, high spin rate fastball that's going to, you know, get by hitters plays much better. He does that really well. And I think his role for us is to be a, you know, a veteran leader, you know, help younger pitchers learn and get through those growing pains faster because he went through it as a pitcher. And Brad Keller, very similar, you know, not quite as many years as Mike Miner, uh, but in our, in our rotation, he's done a really effective job. He's pitch efficient. I think maybe some of the troubles he got into this year was, you know, trying to chase that swing and miss a little bit too much early and you fall behind in the count. And no matter how good your stuff is, it's hard to pitch when you're behind in the count. Made some adjustments throughout the year and, and was much better as we closed the season, uh, you know, prior to his uh, season-ending injury. But um, we're, we're in good shape. And, and I think we really have to focus through the offseason, communicate with these guys, make sure that, you know, the test that we've left them with at the end of the season, they're focused on it. They're working at it. So when we get to spring training, we see the results of hard work through the offseason. Royals general manager J.J. Piccolo joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. And, and even though you and the rest of this front office uh, taught everyone in Kansas City the importance of a bullpen in those pennant-winning seasons of 2014 and 15, and we've all watched it over the past decade unfold each and every October. I got to admit, I'm somewhat surprised that that you, you, you started this conversation focusing on the bullpen because uh, Stallmont to Barlow, uh, Tapia and Piamps, what we saw from Coleman, what we saw from Brents, not to mention all of the young starting pitchers. And you know, I've, 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 I've heard it said uh, relievers often are, are failed starters. It seems as if that relief core is one of, if not the strength, along with the defense and the base running of this ball club. What is it about the never-ending search for relievers that has that at the, the top of the to-do list? Well, one of the things that's going to come into effect, or at least we believe it will, and it was supposed to be in effect in 21, is that every major league uh, roster is going to be limited to 13 pitchers at one time. Uh, a little bit due to COVID, uh, a little bit due to the expectation that there was going to be an increase in injuries for pitchers coming off a year where it was you know, cut short. MLB relaxed those rules for 2021. So oftentimes we had 16 pitchers available uh, on, our, on our team you know, out of 26 players. Um, so next year, knowing that it's going to be 13 every night, or at least believing, and that's how we're going to operate through the offseason, uh, knowing that it's going to be 13, you know, we got to have viable options, you know, for Mike Matheny to run the bullpen the way he needs to run the bullpen effectively. Uh, so you start looking at players that have options, so you have flexibility, uh, players that you know, might throw three or four innings in the major leagues and they're down for the next two or three days and we just played an extra inning game or whatever it may have been and we need a fresh arm. You need somebody in AAA that has options that can come up. Um, but it's the it's that middle ground. We feel really good uh, about Barlow, Brent, and Stamont. There's a lot of power uh, at the at the end of the bullpen. I don't know if we can say any one guy is the closer. They've all had a chance to close some games, 
but it's that group in between. Toppy and Piance did a tremendous job for us. It was great to see Coleman come up and do what he did at the end of the year. Gabe Spire was really good uh, in the three weeks he was up in September. You know, there are certainly pieces for us, uh, but then you, you, you do want some guys that have, you know, weathered the storm before, a little bit more veteran presence, uh, being able to throw back-to-back nights, you know, throwing three out of four nights, you know, that's a tough thing for young pitchers. And I think when we start looking at our own system, it's not necessarily the way we want to break guys into the major leagues. We certainly could, but if we had our druthers, we'd rather them uh, be broken into the major leagues in a way that they can stay healthy, they get the experience, and, and with that experience, now you can start throwing more at them. So it's that you know, that middle group, you know, they, you'd like to have some others like Barlow, uh, like Stamont, uh, that can deepen our pen and give us more options, uh, you know, over the course of 162 games. Can never have enough pitching, can never have enough catching, can never have enough uh, talented center fielders, talented shortstops like this organization has. And instead of the generic Bobby, Nicky, uh, Mondi question, uh, spring training's going to play all that out. I understand it. Uh, but I, I'm curious, what do you want from that shortstop position in 2022, regardless the name? Yeah, well, you, you want, you, number one, you want as much defense and range as you can possibly get. I mean, especially in the world of shifting the way we do, um, you know, that, that, that pie up the middle, you know, that, that, that ground you have to cover up the middle, you'd like to have somebody who has tremendous range. Um, you know, the three that, that you mentioned all all can do that. And they're all pretty dynamic players. You just want consistency out of, out of that position. You know, I think they all bring something to the table offensively. But, you know, when we look at our club overall, how are we going to best be set up over 162 games to play the best possible defense? Because something that gets, you know, really overlooked, uh, and, and you see it across the game, you certainly see it in the minor leagues a lot, Pitching gets better when ground balls are converted into outs. And when you have young pitchers and they make good pitches and there's a ball that's hit a little bit to the right, you know, you want the, the shortstop to have the range to be able to make that play and convert that to an out because there was a good pitch that was made that the pitcher deserves an out. And when those outs aren't con- uh, converted, now the starting pitcher has to work harder. The likelihood of him getting through six or seven innings decreases. Uh, so you want as much range as you possibly can get. And I think you get that when you do have consistency and who's playing position. The shortstop position is not a position that you want a different guy there every night. You know, you, you need to have a, a consistent guy. So when we go into spring training, you know, we, we've been talking about those three guys for five months now. You know, what's this going to look like in a, in a year? Well, now that we're into the off season and we start planning, we'll go into spring training open-minded to – you know, who should play shortstop every day. We know Nicky can play short. He can play second. We know Mondi can play short. He can play third. He hasn't played second, but we know that he can. And Bobby can play short and third really well. So there's there's great options for us. It's a good thing for us to have and, you know, something we're, we're pretty excited about. J.J. Talump, Adalberto Mondesi, and Hunter Dozier together. I, I, I only do it because I think the – Honest, smart baseball fan in Kansas City knows the talent that Adalberto Mondesi possesses, knows the ability that that Hunter Dozier possesses. But for someone like you that is 
putting this team together, building a team for 2022, uh, how much is fair to put on their shoulders? How much of the offensive expectation is fair to put on the shoulders of these two that are either coming off down years or coming off an injury plague season? So I think they, they both put a lot of, I'll say pressure, but I don't know if that's the right word. They put a lot of pressure on themselves because they know how important they are to us. I know it was extremely difficult for Monty to not be available for us this year like, like, he, like he was most of the year. It was, it was frustrating for him. He had a hard time uh, dealing with that, and it's more because he's a great teammate and he knows that we're a better team when he's on the field. Hunter, I think, put pressure on himself in that you know he signed the extension. Our purposes with signing him to an extension was to – you know, one, we valued the player, but two, you don't need to worry about your contract now. Just go out and play. But Hunter is such a good person and good teammate that he wanted to play up to that contract. So trying to get him to just understand that's not the, how you can operate day to day. You need to free yourself up and just go play the game like you did when you were 10 years old. And when you do that, you're going to have success and you won't even worry about the contract. Uh, but needless to say, both guys are really important to – our offensive production, the Hunter Dozier we've seen in past years, we know what he's capable of doing. Uh, the, the times when you see Monty really hot, it's amazing how much he can impact the game. You know, we've talked about his defense, but whether it's, you know, swinging the bat, running the bases, I mean, he, he's one of the rare, you know, few guys in the game that can hit a ball 480 feet and steal 40 to 60 bases a year. I mean, there's just not many guys who can do that. So there's so much impact, but you know the, the obvious thing with Mondi is how do we keep him on the field and keep him healthy? How can we pace him through the season uh, so we're not pushing him to his limits? You know the thing we've learned about Mondi is he's, he's so incredibly gifted, but being as athletic as he is, he's actually a little bit more prone to injury. The good thing, but difficult thing for us to figure out is right, how do we prevent injuries with him? He doesn't have a history of any one injury. So that makes it difficult on our medical staff, our performance science team, uh, to try to figure out how do we train him uh, so we are preventing injuries uh, regardless of what part of the body it may be. So, you know, it's a great challenge. Uh, I think we've put together a really good plan with he and his agent uh, for this offseason that hopefully will lead us down that road and we keep him on the field and along with Dozier with a clear mind and a new start, uh, they, they're able to go out and produce the way we know they're capable of producing. This might be an unfair question, and I guess it kind of gets at the heart of any general manager or scout. Uh, when you're viewing um, Hunter Dozier on paper, projecting for 2022, same thing with Adalberto Mondesi. Is it the 2019 Hunter Dozier, Adalberto Mondesi, those type of numbers that you alluded to, do you always view your players in the best possible light? Uh, how, how much of a dose of what happened last year do you have to take along with all of the good that they've showcased as well? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of players that have had years where they were down years, if you will. Um, I, I think what you know, Hunter needs to realize, what we know is what he did in 2019 is, is very much what he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done it at the major league level. Um, you know, and really at the heart of it for both guys, you know, it all comes down to the same thing. Get a good pitch to hit. And when you get a good pitch to hit, 
you do something with it. You know, it sounds very simple, uh, but in this world of advanced metrics and advanced technology, when you go back and you analyze at bats, the, the productive at bats are the ones where guys swung at good pitches and hit the ball hard somewhere. You really can't control the results. Uh, we don't, you know, we can't control where guys are going to shift you or where they're going to play in the outfield. But if we can get the player to, to buy into controlling the strike zone and knowing what they hit well, and when they get those pitches, do some damage with them, then they're going to be productive players. So the 2019 version of Hunter Dozier, that's exactly what he did. You know, he, he took advantage of pitchers' mistakes, and that's what he did. When Mondesi is going really good, it's amazing. You know, if you pitcher makes one slight mistake, it's big damage with him. You know, it's balls in the gaps, which usually for him are triples, or they're over the fence. But if the focus stays on get good pitches to hit, and look to drive those pitches and lay off the chase pitches, you know, they're going to be good hitters. And, and they've done it already, so they should have the confidence that they, they themselves can do it. And uh, now it's a matter of executing it. Two more questions pertaining to the offense. J.J., I appreciate the time. Uh, one, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, he hit second on that championship team in, uh, in Boston. Uh, last year hit second, third, fourth, and fifth. For your team, 20 starts at each of those uh, four spots in the lineup. Uh, where do you think he fits best? Or, I, I guess that's a manager's job. What, what kind of yeah. hitter, what, what type of hitter do you view him as moving forward? Well, for, for one, fundamentally, his swing is excellent. I mean, there's a lot of balance in his lower half. He gets, you know, his bat stays in his own a long time, uh, which is why he comes off his bat so well. But it seems to me, just watching him over the course of the year, when he's really driving the balls left center field, that's when he's at his best. Mm-hmm. And, and you see some surprisingly big power out of him. But I don't think he's one of those guys who gets himself into trouble trying to produce power. I really think his mindset is, I'm going to hit the ball hard. Uh, but his swing path is one that if he's on time and he delivers the barrel at the right time in the in the uh, Contact zone's good. The ball's going to jump for him. The ball's going to be in the air. And, you know, years ago, I know as a, as a kid growing up, everybody would say hit the ball on the ground. And, you know, there's more holes on the ground than in the air. But obviously today's game, and I don't think the game was much different years ago. I think there's just more knowledge about where the holes really are. Uh, so you, you do want to see the ball in the air. It's just not soft in the air. You want, you want low-line drives, long-line drives. And if you catch it right, they're the ones that are going to go out of the ballpark. Well, Andrew does that really well. So when he's he's going good, and I really thought this past year he was about to just really take off. He was playing well, uh, and he got hurt in Oakland, and I think that set him back. Then he started going again in September. Um, I think that injury in between disrupted some things. Uh, like most great players, they, they want to get back on the field sooner. And it wasn't until, you know, the, the middle part of September that I think he was feeling 100% and, and going. But um, his offensive potential is excellent. You know, I'll leave it to Mike where to hit him in the yeah. lineup. And I think, as you see with most teams now, the changing of lineups and who hits where, it's no longer your your fastest guy is going to hit lead off and your left-handed hitter is going to hit two. I mean, that that's, that's in the past. Uh, the creativity in lineups – has a lot to do with the advanced metrics and matchups and what we think gives us the best chance to win night to night. So I think, again, you'll see him any, hit anywhere from 
two to six. I think that that would probably, if we're talking again next year about this same thing, it probably is going to hit anywhere from two to six once again in 22. Yeah, and in no way am I trying to go down a lineup avenue because, like like you said, it's often wasted breath when it comes to media and radio discussing the lineup. My point more so was, look, we know Salvi is in the middle of the lineup that is a run producer. Curious if you viewed Ben Attendee as not Salvador Perez, 40 homer, but a run producer, middle of the lineup guy on a daily basis. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. You know, we, we categorize our guys as run producers and run scorers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to say Andrew's a run scorer, but you also know there's some slug in there. So I, I think he can be at times that guy that's going to hit behind Sally to protect Salvi. You know, you, you, you know, oftentimes you got to set your lineup up like that. It has to do with who's swinging the bat well at what times. Uh, but you're always going to want somebody behind Salvi because they're probably going to pitch around him. They're going to try to get him to chase things, soft contact. So, But who hits behind him is going to be very impactful if he's going to have any chance of getting pitches to hit. So, um, you know, I, I would venture to say he – he is a little bit more along the lines of a run producer than necessarily a run scorer if I had to pick one of the two. So I, I think he's perfectly capable of doing that. Royals GM, J.J. Piccolo. J.J., final one for you, staying with the offense. Uh, OPS-wise, bottom three in the American League last year, and uh, you know, not a young offense per se, but it could be with the additions of Prado, Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez in the coming months or years. Do you view these bats, these young bats, as that type of difference making bats that can jump you to the top third in the American League when it comes to that OPS number? We do believe that. Um, we think the three you mentioned are three of the most talented guys in the minor league. They were all named first team, all baseball America. Uh, which really, that was an all-star team from AAA down to A-ball. So I think the industry views them very much in that light. Uh, we all know young hitters. It's not going to be instant or instantaneous that they're going to be the same hitter in the major leagues as they were in the minor leagues. But just going off of past experiences, they all get on base. They all have a high OPS. Uh, usually that's going to translate when guys get to the major league. It's just a matter of how long is that transition. You know, obviously there's some superstars that do it right away, uh, but a majority of the players, it takes a little bit to get settled in. But when they get settled in, we don't have any doubt. I mean, you're talking about guys that will be in the middle of our lineup. You know, when they're in their prime, when they hit their stride, they are guys that can do some damage. Um, You know, even though MJ led the minor leagues in home runs, uh, I don't, I'm not ready to say we want him to be a home run hitter. We all know how hard it is to hit balls out of Coffin Stadium. We want him to be a good hitter. If he's a good hitter, he's going to hit some home runs. Nick Prado's the same way. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. is the same. You know, we've got Vinny Pasquantino, who was in Double A this year, who was a second team All Baseball America selection uh, that has incredible plate discipline. Walks, you know, I think I, I believe the stat was he had, he had as many walks as he did extra base hits this year. So, pretty impressive stat. We're excited about that group. We we do think that's the the future that's going to be in in the middle of our lineup, and uh, we're just anxious for those days to get here. Prado, Bobby, MJ. Would it be fair to call them central 
to your 2022 plans or am I uh, a year premature on that? I wouldn't say year premature. I would, I would be disappointed again, if we were talking this time next year that they hadn't made their major league debuts. Um, you know, and I say that because we don't, we, we don't want to put pressure on them to feel like they need to be in the major leagues. We like to say players will tell us when they're ready. And that's basically by performance. You know, oftentimes if guys repeat a level, you watch how they go back and they handle the league they were just in and they're, they're dominating the league. Uh, very similar to what we did with Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer went to AAA, and he, he was actually making the jump from AA to AAA. Uh, I forget what his numbers exactly were, but he was hitting around 400. The slug was high. The on-base was high. Uh, he, was, he was telling us he was ready for the major leagues. You know, a couple of those guys, if not all three, may have to go through the same process, but that's you know, kind of the beauty of spring training. We get to have those discussions. We get to evaluate our team. Uh, and like every player, they have to be prepared, and then there has to be an opportunity for them to play every day. Because the last thing we would want is a young player to be in the major leagues and not playing every day because you're losing out on development time, which as much as we want to think guys are ready for the major league, there is a piece of development that has to happen while in the major leagues as well. Uh, so we wouldn't want that to be on the bench. So there has to be that opportunity for them as well. But a lot of that is determined by performance in spring training uh, and along with and heavily influenced by past performance. You know, we can't base everything on a four-week jaunt through surprise Arizona. Uh, but we have a pretty good feel for where they are in the development process. We'll continue that evaluation and uh, see where it comes out. But, you know, the expectation is at some point next year, we'd like to see all three of them in the major leagues. Uh, if it doesn't happen in 22, it doesn't mean they're not good players. It may be 23, but um, we'll know uh, when the time is right for each of them. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to get this thing started. JJ, we uh, we always appreciate your generosity with your time here at 610 Sports Radio. Uh, tonight, no exception. Thank you very much. Thanks, Vern. Appreciate the time. Royals general manager, JJ Piccolo. Royals... Uh, shortstop, second baseman, let's just say Royals infielder, Nikki Lopez, is next. You're listening to Vern's Royals Bonanza. Right center field, and that ball is gone! On your home for Royals baseball. Salvador Perez, a grand slam for a second straight game. 610 Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Vern's Royals Bonanza. Lined into right center field for a hit. Merrifield's going to try to score. A good throw home could get him. Then the throw is not in time. Here's your Royals insider, Josh Vernier. Hey, welcome back. As promised, Royals infielder Nikki Lopez is our guest. And Nikki, I'll tell you this. The two questions I get most often, grocery store, around the building here at 610 Sports Radio, the two questions, uh, number one, 
What's going on with the Chiefs? And number two, what's up with these gold glove awards? How was Nikki Lopez not even a finalist for the American League shortstop gold glove? Do you have an answer for either one of those questions? Um, I know the Chiefs are going to be all right. That's what I know. Um, <laughs> anyone in professional professional sports know that you go through your ups and downs, and any fan, any true fan will ride with them, whether they're winning or losing. But I know the Chiefs are going to be all right. As far as the, the gold glove question, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Like, I, I feel like, personally, I did a lot to be able to be in the top three. I think I, did, I put, put myself in the right position. I thought I did. You know, my, my stats were good. You know, all that stuff. I, I led in a lot of categories, but it's just one of those things where it was kind of a shocking, you know. I, I didn't know if I was going to win it, but I thought I, I did well enough to be in the top three and, you know, unfortunately, my name wasn't up there, but, you know, now we just got to turn the page. We got, we got more things to worry about. I want to not watch teams in, in, in October. I want to I be playing in October. So, you know, kind of flip the switch and, you know, look forward to that. Look, as someone that watched every single game that you played this season, I, as well as long, along with everybody listening, believe that you belonged in that top three. You're not allowing that to make you second guess the kind of defense that you played, though, right? No, right, right, yeah. and I and I, but it is it is sometimes tough. It's like, all right, well, what did, what did I do wrong? It's a Gold Glove. It's based off of defense, and you know, if you look at statistics wise, you know, I was up there in every category, you know, except probably like I think one category. But it was one of those things. It's like, all right, well, you know, those can kind of creep in your mind. But I know that starting at at second base and then having to go to you know shortstop due to an unfortunate injury. And then doing or having a season that I that I did, you know, I was I was actually very you know happy for myself and very very proud of myself. Obviously, I'm a team team first guy and would like to be in the playoffs and would like to be still playing in October. But it's one of those things is you gotta you gotta celebrate individual successes when when they happen as well. And um, I was very I was very happy happy with the season I had. So who did you hear from? Front office coaches, teammates. <laughs> Who's reaching out to you? basically all, all the above, you know, it, it just, it says a lot about, you know, the type of teammates and the type of organization I played for, I play for. I got a call from, you know, Dayton, text from Scott, my coaches, uh, Skip, Vance, Witt reached out and uh, Benny and a couple other guys as well. So it's, it was, it's cool to see that they do truly, you know, care for me. So, but it says a lot about the team and the organization I played for. Man, and when that news came out, it, and I shouldn't feel like this, but there was a part of me, man, where I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's not getting Nicky Lopez down because, man, 300 batting average, gold glove caliber shortstop, and statistically one of the best base runners in Major League Baseball. I, I said throughout the season, when I grew up, and I'm just a little bit older than you, but when we grew up, a 300 batting average, gold glove defense, and the best base runner in the American League, that guy's a perennial all-star. So I'm wondering, when, when you show up to spring training this year, how are you different from the guy that showed up last year? So the thing is, and then I've always said this in a lot of you know interviews, is that once you see success, for instance, when I saw success in the minor leagues, I know I can do it. It keeps your confidence up. It's one of those things that when you – when you go through struggles, because baseball, I mean, is, is a game of failure. So when you go through struggles, 
you kind of look back and like, all right, well, I've been here. I've had the success. I know I can do it. So going into spring training next year, it's one of those things where, it's where I'm going to you know, carry some confidence in, into, the, into uh, spring training, know that I belong here and I can compete at the highest level here and you know, put a good product out there and I can help a team win. But it's also one of those things that you, know, you, you don't come into spring training thinking, you know, I, I deserve this, I deserve that. It's one of those things you got to come in and you got you to gotta just get to work and you got to uh, not take anything for granted. And, man, that, that, that leads me into this. As I, as I laid out the, the, the numbers defensively, the numbers on the base paths, and, of course, the offensive numbers all stand out. But what's so endlessly brutal about this game, as, as you called it, a game of failure, is a great job last year, but on game one next year, it's do it again. Right. That's just a brutal game. <laughs> d- d- does that I wish, sound? I wish, it was, I wish it wasn't like that, but it makes, it makes the game fun, and um, you know, I, wish, I wish we can carry stats over to, to next year and just keep it going, but that's the uh, beauty of the game. It's, you, can, you can have an MVP season one year, and then the next year you can, you can struggle, and, and it's, it's unfortunate, and, but it's how you bounce back. So. Where do you see the most room for improvement as I would imagine we're maybe a month away, a month and a half away from you really getting back at it? Yeah. So, no, I'm, I I've, I started last week fully back at it. I haven't, you know, I'll start swinging and throwing here uh, around Thanksgiving time. But as far as room for improvement, there always is room for improvement, whether it's on the hitting side, defensive side, and the base pass. So, it's one of those things is you gotta just, I gotta just kind of look back and see all right where where can I get better where can I where can I improve on but also where can I just like fine tune some things and you know kind of put a stamp on it and keep just drilling into it so that it, it doesn't it doesn't go away and and the best thing though this year was the mental aspect if you have a clear if you have a clear mind and you have a clear outlook at things uh, when I when I was struggling when I went on that long skid of one for thirty one. The thing that helped me was when I got sent down beginning of the season, I had to clean my mind. I had to think positively and uh, know that when you do go through struggles, if you have a routine, which I was fortunate enough to, to make, and I, I had a routine, a strong routine. And when I got sent down and when I went through those struggles for one for 31, I stuck with it, stayed positive, knew that, hey, if you stick with this stuff, it's eventually going to turn. And um, that's one of those things that I think a year ago I would have got really negative. But this year, I, was, I just stayed put, stayed put and uh, kept going right at it. And that lesson that you learned, it seems as if that is one that all successful big leaguers uh, go through at some point in their career. So with that kind of knowledge going into 2022, do you expect your role inside the clubhouse, your voice inside the clubhouse to change to get any louder? So I'm, I, you know me. I'm already, I'm already a loud guy. Uh, I like talking. I'm always there for – I'm a team-first guy, but um, maybe. I mean, I know it's, you know, Sal and, and Witt, you know, the, the two voices are, are loud in the, in the locker room. Whenever they talk, they, you know, they lead, the, they lead the meetings and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm always, I'm always there to be in a leadership role. Um, I would like to, you know, take a leadership role, uh, whatever, whatever that may be. But I know it's one of those things that you can't force it, and it's one of those things that's like when it's your time, it, it, it's just going to naturally happen. But my teammates know that I'm, I'm there for, for support. They're there to, there to talk, talk with about anything, and um, we'll always have their back. So 
but it's one of those things that just genuinely happens. You and I have talked about the shortstop competition next spring uh, a few times already over the course of the season. With that knowledge that you've gained over the past few seasons, with that voice that you have in that clubhouse, the confidence that you carry, I'm curious, will there be disappointment if you're not the guy at short to start 2022? Uh, I wouldn't say I would be disappointed because I, I think the world of this organization, they trusted me this last year and kept me at shortstop and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to have you play shortstop the rest of the year. Go, go, go play. And, you know, that meant the world to me. It gave me the confidence. But if, I, if I'm not shortstop to start next year, then I know that they're going to put me in a position where I'm going to succeed. And whether that's playing second base, whether that's playing third base, whether that's going to play in the outfield, wherever it may be. But I know that they're going to put me somewhere else where – where I'll play, and, and then uh, I'll be able to help the team win in, uh, at that position. So uh, whether it's short, whether it's second, whether it's anywhere else on the diamond, uh, as long as I'm playing, you're not going to hear too much out of me. Can you expand on that conversation from last season when, because it was very clear that Dayton, Mike Matheny, sat down with Adalberto Mondesi and said, look, Nicky's going to win a gold glove. Uh, we love you, Mondi, but we got to let this young man go get this hardware Mondi accepted it, the organization prioritized. And look, you earned it, first and foremost. You earned that spot at shortstop and Mondi moving over to third. But what was that like when everything was revolving around your fantastic play? Yeah, it was, um, you know, yeah, they, they, they called me in. They sat me down. They were, they were very nice about it. Because at that point, they, they thought I had a really good shot of, of winning, you know, the gold glove. And they said that, hey, you played short this whole year. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna keep you there and, and see see what happens. And, you know that meant the world to me. And I'm I'm the type of kid that if I'm if I'm confident, and I think any baseball player would say this, is that confidence is one of the biggest things you can have. So if you're playing with confidence, it's one of the it's one of those things where everything seems to be clicking. And at that point, when they told me that hey, you're gonna be starting shortstop the rest of the year, my confidence was through the roof, and uh, kind of just went off for there. And I, it meant so much to me. And, do I think that our team is better with Mondi's on the, on the field? Obviously, because you know Mondi knows that I think the the world the world of him, and I know the front office does too. But it just, it, it did mean a lot to me and my confidence. Well, that's terrific, uh, Nikki. I really appreciate the time tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the off season, and I'll see you in spring training before you know it. Awesome. Thank you, Vern. Sounds good. I'll see you. I'll see you when we get in town. All right, man. Uh, that's Nikki Lopez. We'll be joined by the man that signs Nikki Lopez's paycheck. Royals chairman, CEO John Sherman, coming up next. You're listening to Burns Royals Bonanza. Slider is lifted to shallow center and back to make a great catch. Nikki Lopez on your home for Royals baseball, six ten Sports Radio. Welcome back into Vern's Royals Bonanza. Power fastball. Santana gets into one left center field. That ball's going back, and that ball is gone. Home run, Carlos Santana, to tie the game at three. Here's your Royals insider, Josh Vernier. That's an interesting name right there, Carlos Santana, a guy that we will all cheer if he's still in a Royals uniform on opening day, a guy that we're all going to cheer for on opening day, and yet, how many of you what 90 percent of you listening right now would in the back of your minds much rather see nick prado as your first baseman sooner rather than later 
well, we, we heard from J.J. Piccolo to open up the show when, when talking about these young first basemen like a Nick Prado, young infielder like Bobby Witt Jr., a young catcher like M.J. Melendez. Yeah, this this organization does view those three bats as the difference-making type of sluggers that can take this Royals offense from the bottom three in the American League to the top third in the junior circuit. Still ahead, Ryan LaFever, Whit Merrifield, Dayton Moore, and owner John Sherman. But a quick reminder for those of you on your way home, if you're going to miss the rest of tonight's bonanza, don't worry. Just download the Odyssey app. Find Vern on Baseball. That's my podcast on the Odyssey app. And you'll be able to find all of our interviews. If you missed J.J. Piccolo or Nikki Lopez, they'll be on the Odyssey app shortly. We'll talk with John Sherman, Ryan LaFever, Dayton Moore, and Whit Merrifield. And later on tonight, you'll be able to find all those interviews on the Odyssey app as well. Well, I mentioned MJ Melendez. A quick congratulations to the 22-year-old 20, uh, Backstop for your boys in blue, or soon to be for your boys in blue. MJ Melendez voted the top offensive player in minor league baseball earlier today. That is voted on by the fans. Melendez received 33% of the vote. Bobby Witt Jr. finished with 20% of the vote. Now, this wasn't the best offensive player in Omaha. No, this was the best offensive player in minor league baseball. And yes, more than half the votes went to two members of this Royals organization. Uh, MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt Jr. will dive into all of it coming up with Dayton Moore when he joins us at 850. But when we get back, the owner, chairman, and CEO, John Sherman, stops by. You're listening to Vern's Royals Bonanza. Right center field, and that ball is gone! On your home for Royals baseball. Salvador Perez, a grand slam for a second straight game. 610 Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.